Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're the podcast that covers everything pop culture and beyond the multiverse. Are you ready to get your geek on? Crank up the DeLorean, warm up the proton packs, toss a coin to your Witcher, and deep dive into your favorite plate of chimichangas. This is PopX Cast. It is PopX Cast Weekend, episode 130, coming to you on September the 5th, 2021. Oh my gosh, we have such a cool show lined up for you guys tonight. I hope you guys are ready to do this. Are you guys ready to do this? Because I know I'm ready to do this. I am excited. Let's do it. I do it. What's up, Team PopX? How are you guys doing? How's, how's, How's it been since the last two weeks? Pretty good. Not everybody answered well, all at the same time, well, no. I'm just, just I'm just sleepy, man. I, you know, Joe, I, I don't <laughs> sleep. I, yeah, my eyes are, are pried open, but what you know what? Sleep. I was, it's, you know, and, and I feel like this every single week. I, the more we do these shows, I know we've done a lot of episodes. I'm always like, I wake up on Sundays, I'm like, today's Popex Day. You know what I mean? It's like Aww. the thing that gets me motivated throughout okay. the day. Okay. Okay. Normally working on Sundays. I, Oh, that makes me feel nice. good. That makes it's me nice. feel good. Thank you. Day. Oh, it's Pop X Day. That's good. Um, man, I tell you what, first and foremost, before we go into to, to the official welcomings and all that, I want to say a huge, uh, I want to give you a shout out, Austin Burke, because you just got accepted into the New York. Now, what is it the New York Film Festival or how? What it, yes. How now? What? Yeah. <laughs> Bro, Dude, you get I, to see Dune like two months before anybody else. Dude, he's like a legit reviewer now. Oh, my God. In buddy. case you didn't he's know. Been, he, he's, he's bona fide. He's bona fide. That boy is bona fide right there. I ain't lying I'll, to you. I'll tell you all what. I, I, I don't. I didn't expect it, first of all, because, you know, normally even submitting my application said you have to have a publication. And, and so I'm like, well, I'm just a YouTuber, I don't think. But. You know, the, just the opportunity to do movies like, you know, Denzel's new film uh, last night. And uh, so like all the, the French Dispatch and and Dune and, you know, I'm, I'm covering TIFF as well. The, the thing about Toronto is they're um, not allowing critics that didn't actually travel to see most of the big films. I still get a few of them. But with New York, I can travel, don't have to have a yeah. passport. I, I, I can go in and domestic flight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, and see some of these big movies, and and Dune is kind of the main one. Wow! Uh, and man, I'm telling you, I'm going to do a so reaction cool. out of the theater. I'm going to do a review. I'm just, I'm psyched, dude. Like I said on your Facebook page, I, I am be, I am so proud of you. And even that is an understatement. And me even saying that, thank you, man. Holy cow, dude! That's uh, that's huge. That has to feel rewarding because all those hours grinding at three and four a.m. You can start yeah. now seeing the fruition of that fruit coming forward. And uh, it's just, I'm so proud of you, man. I am Thank really, st- from all of us here at PopX, and I'm sure everybody watching the stream, we just, we're rooting for you, man. We love you. I appreciate it. I really do. Um, Give it a round of applause. Oh, let's, let's do the, here we go. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Um, well, 
with all that said, let's go ahead and kick off the show here. Let's um, dive in. Let's dive in. Austin Burke, lead us out, man. Lead us in. Well, welcome to Pop X, where science fiction meets pop culture. I'm Austin Burke, the Appalachian geek at heart. We'd like to welcome everyone joining us live in the PopX.live chat room. Uh, you guys come hang out with us and join the conversation at popxcast.com. If this is your first time tuning into Pop X, the first 10 to 15 minutes, we run down the headlines since our last show. And then, oh boy, we're diving into all things nostalgic. Uh, lots of nostalgia for Joseph on this one. On the <laughs> you have no idea, Rewind at the halfway point. We then hit on the show's topic. And y'all know we talking Shang-Chi today. And yeah. I can't wait to keep talking about this movie. It's so good, bro. It's so good. And I am Joseph Burke, Central Florida seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now, we would like to welcome everybody right now joining us in the PopX.Live chat room. And also, you know, me and Lindsay are doing some pretty cool things um, over at the Creative Multiverse as well over on Haps.TV. Yeah. Uh, we we've been uh, streaming and doing things. And our friend who's in the chat right now, Mr. Jeremy Stoltz, literally formulated his own 30-day art prompt challenge and it's sci-fi timber he's oh, yeah. kicking him it and, him and, and tim conrad worked together and put together this amazing list for sci-fi themed art for the yeah. entire month of september so and good. i am having a blast participating in so that good time. dude you're rocking and rolling we love you jeremy thank you so much but if you want to see some more of this great art and what these guys are doing and what we're doing together collectively as a group be sure to join us over on haps.tv. You can check out our schedules. Just click on our profiles and you'll see when we go live next. Want to give another quick shout out that myself has been invited to be co-host uh, with Carrie Long. If you guys don't know who that name is, she uh, hosts this, used to host this thing called Periscope Stars back in the day on Periscope when Periscope was a thing. But now she's moved her entire platform over to haps.tv. And so she is now doing Hap Stars. And I will be the co-host for the next 10 weeks on season three uh so we'll be doing non-stop every thursday night a brand new show and i will be such helping. a good show it she has great. such a good list of talent that she rounds up with her magical powers and it's yeah. such a really good thing to to watch and be a part of absolutely so uh join us there and uh thank you so much for being a part of the creative multiverse absolutely well um i'm Lindsay Badger. Hi, Lindsay Badger. Your favorite geeky yoki. You guys know who I am. Um, make sure if you missed last episode number 129, uh, the boy's here, and I was here for along for the ride, the reviewed Free Guy, and we discussed the retro rewind, the last Starfighter. Um, if you missed that, make sure you go over to our website, popxcast.com, to catch that replay and all the other great past shows from the PopX Collective Archive. <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, <laughs> yes, but if you like what you're seeing here tonight after the show, make sure you go and subscribe to us. If you haven't yet, make sure you hit that thumbs up button because it helps us out a ton. Um, and, you know, subscribe, hit the bell, all the things. You know what you're not supposed to do on the YouTubes. Um, we scheduled new shows. As soon as we figure out what it's going to be, you will be notified when we go live next. It's so it's true. kind of important that you get on board with that one. Um, if you are doing it podcast style, you're rocking the podcast style, make sure on that platform, you please give us a nice, lovely five-star review and rating because we greatly appreciate that. It helps <laughs> us a lot. It helps us a lot helps us a lot it, it really does. does yeah it does help us a lot but with all of that said you guys ready for some pop x news this week yeah. let's yeah, do it let's do it you ready all right don't go anywhere pop x news coming your way right now extra extra read all about it this is pop x news coming to you live right here on popxcast.com we have none other than Miss Lindsay Badger leading off this week's headlines. Lindsay, Yay. what do you got for us? All right, first up tonight, we have Marvel's What If on Ooh. Disney Plus brings the fun of Marvel Comics fan favorite comic book series exploring alternate takes on the classic Marvel stories. 
to the wider MCU audience, which I've thoroughly been enjoying thus yeah. far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Star Wars fans will have something similar to look forward to with the Star Wars visions. Um, it's not the, it isn't the same premise, but it does allow the anime creators to run wild with their ideas for the Star Wars universe. Okay. But before Star Wars Visions and before Marvel brought What If to the streaming television, Star Wars had its version of the beloved comic book series from 2001 to 2004. It's true. Dark Horse Comics published three Star Wars Infinity series. See that right there? Each based on one of the films in the original Star Wars trilogy. So good. The series imagined what could have happened if those film stories had gone a little differently. It's true. That's cool. Though, it's like an alternate version. That. Yeah, it's it's cool. Like, what would have happened if the Empire did win? Mm. I mean, it, it's really cool. It's like all three so of these... Gonna- it's going to be an anime style. It's, it's going to be an anime style. And I. It's going to be different. Star Wars in a I've manga. I've never seen Star Wars in manga. Style. I have never either. And Let's I, go. I, I love I love the fact. Here's what I'm enjoying about this whole collaboration with Disney Plus. Disney Plus has literally opened up the can, the Pandora's yeah. box on the possibilities of, of things that could be. What yes. if was just the tip? Well, actually, if you go back, WandaVision was just the tip of the iceberg of what could be. Now they're getting into the Lucasfilm collective archive and they're starting to expand on those properties and IPs. Yeah, I was just thinking with it. Well, I mean, I go back to Mandalorian, I believe, was yeah. the huge launching series. It of, was the, of the launching series. Of, yep. My God, it's amazing. It's I can't wait Mandalorian. For the next Mando's so good. It's ridiculous how good that it's show so is. Good. I also want to say, I, I really hope people that are watching, they're fans of this, obviously, especially what if are actually watching because. You know, I felt a bit of a disconnect. Some people aren't watching it because it's animated. Like, mm. and I've seen examples of that online. But if what I'm hearing is true from people in the industry, you might want to watch What If before we go into Doctor Strange. I, I, I would agree heard with that. that. You might want to watch it. I've heard that. You're not the only person to say that. And mm. uh, I, Feige does everything with a purpose. He doesn't do, do it for There is a plan even though I, nobody may know what that plan is yet. <laughs> I even had a, a, I won't say who it was, but I had a direct message recently kind of spelling some things out for me in the future of the MCU. Yeah, what if is going to play very, very heavily into the future of the multiverse? Um, I also kind of know the confirmed mutant and multiverse of madness, but we won't get into that. Uh, but yeah, if you guys aren't watching what if, especially the first four episodes we've seen, something you gotta watch all right so my my hypothesis is that the doctor strange that we saw in the trailer is not the doctor strange that we know uh, that would be joe's ongoing hypothesis but i kind of feel you know he he kind of had this Burke is and not look to look look here look he's he's turning he's turning <laughs> he's turning there he goes he's gone so yeah, we'll oh, see. He's over there. <laughs> Enjoy your pop vinyl collection. Just, 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 just. <laughs> Here he up. is, Doctor Strange Supreme from Doctor the most Strange recent episode. Oh, Supreme. Have you seen that guy again? All right, let's. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm so excited to see all the versions of Doctor Strange. Let's that's go. so good. Me too. All right, Austin Burke, what do you have for us here? Well, we've got some uh, little little Jungle Cruise news. Oh, so Dwayne Johnson. Okay. T's big news uh, uh, coming for the Jungle Cruise sequel. Fans uh, are very excited, and a sequel to this Disney movie has been officially announced. It was two days after that tease. The movie is expected to see the return of Johnson as well as Emily Blunt and director uh, Wam Kalet Sarah, I believe is how you pronounce that, um, who is also helming Johnson's upcoming DC movie, Black Adam. While Jungle Cruise's critic score on Rotten Tomatoes ended up being mediocre 62%, I personally think it's a little bit better than that. Uh, Johnson recently celebrated the film's audience score 92%, which is the best of his career. During its opening weekend, Jungle Cruise grossed $90 million worldwide, uh, and Johnson instantly teased that a sequel could be in the works. Now that the news has become official, Johnson has taken to Instagram to celebrate. So my question for you all um, did did you like the first Jungle Crew? How'd you, how'd you feel? Did you get a chance to see it? I did not get a chance to see it. Ooh. I know. I skipped it. 
I, I wasn't know. even really interested in it, honestly. I, I wasn't either. I wasn't either. I thought it was, it, it just felt too familiar. To I did what watch I, the documentary of how the, the history of the ride. Okay. Dwayne Rock Johnson did a couple of tours to kind yeah. of get the feel for things. But that's about as far as I went down the, the Jungle Cruise road. It I will tell you. I was just going to say it's kind of hard for me because you remember when uh, Disney created the Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy back yes, in the day? That wasn't good. It wasn't. <laughs> that a, was that was not a good adaptation of a very classic Man, ride into into a bad. cinema. Don't yep. insult and my so childhood. It, it, I don't want to say it left a bad taste in my mouth. Sure, but yes, um, I will see Disney Cruise Jungle Cruise when it's on. Free, uh, free yeah, Disney Plus I, viewers, non premiere access. <laughs> no, I'm so bad to say that too. And it's no, cringy but that's, because that's we exactly. support movies, but and there's certain say, movies. It is, it is a big visual <laughs> experience, right? But I'm not going to say it's a movie you have to rush out to the theater and see, but I will kind of vouch for I mean, it's not obviously one of the best movies I've seen all year, but compared to my very low expectations, I walked out saying, yeah, it was kind of fun. Okay. Kind of fun, so it's a recommendation for me. Okay. Yeah. Was it better than the most recent Dr. Doolittle movie? Oh, I, I could oh, go, man. I could go chip paint off that wall over there. It'd be better than that. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, so we'll move bad. on past that. <laughs> that's so bad, guys. Oh Poor Robert gosh. Downey. Poor oh, RDJ. RDJ. He's yeah. trying. He got his check. He's happy. He's oh, happy. On his I, farm. I check for watching that. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on to some other news here. We have uh, Renegade Studios has officially launched its G.I. Joe role-playing game. Now, the new role-playing game gives players the tools to create their own unique G.I. Joe character by choosing the military origin, personal traits, and role within the G.I. Joe organization, quote-unquote. Now, the game will launch with a core rulebook that contains a, an introductory adventure and everything else players need to hop into the world of G.I. Joe. Now, Renegade will also release several accessories, such as customized dice set featuring the G.I. Joe logo in place of the highest number on each side of the die, and a dice bag, as well as 32-page adventure titled Emerald um, Oblit for, uh, what was that, Al... I'll bleat for players who have completed the uh, introductory adventure. I think I'll bleat is actually short for the word pamphlet. Pamphlet. But anyway. How fancy. Um, it is fun. if I do. But uh, I like it's interesting, stand though. Up with your pinky out. It, it, it's cool, though. You know what I'm, I'm seeing, though? I'm seeing this really huge trend of role-playing games coming back. The board games. People, I mean, I've seen it definitely in the past five years. I Honestly, I think that Stranger Things... I had a little bit to it do with that. It sparks the Dungeons with, and Dragons you know, interest because they're like, what the heck is that game? You know, you know, you see kids rolling dice, playing a game of D&D, and you're like, holy cow, you know, I want to do that again. That's That was fun. It brings back a moment. And so I think it's it's organizations and companies like Renegade Studios that are creating these pop culture I just worlds. like the pretty dice collections. Yeah, honestly. they're they are. I don't pretty. have to play the game. Just give me a bag of dice so I can look yeah. at it and be oh, like, "Ooh, it's so pretty." Bag of dice <laughs> and some eyes. Wait a minute. Never mind. Wait, what? What? No. I don't know. Pirates of the Caribbean was a good movie adapted from the Disney ride. That is true. Pirates oh, of the that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Derek Smith well over in the chat. Well played, well played, Derek. Well played, as we know that uh, Johnny Depp lives right over here in this guy's brain somewhere. Speaking sort of, of remakes uh, and continuations, good, should we move on to the last bit? We needed bit. more rum in the movie. There wasn't enough. There's not enough rum. <laughs> oh, my god. That's gosh. unfortunate. All it's the rum very, is gone. It's very unfortunate. Very very unfortunate. unfortunate. Oh, my goodness. Let's get this show back on track. Okay. Last story of the night. Gather around, children. Uh, earlier this week, a tweet from the official Ghostbusters Afterlife confirmed the movie will still be hitting theaters in November. However... It appears the upcoming movie will have a slight date change mm. again. Mwah. The long-awaited film has been delayed multiple times due to the pandemic, but the latest switch isn't too big of a change. The film has moved from November 11th to November 19th, taking the spot of Top Gun Maverick, which was just delayed again until 2022. Mm. As the pandemic continues to cause release date changes, some movies are sticking to their release schedule, while others are currently up in the air. There are also some movies that are waiting to see the results of the releases that come before. Things seem to be steady for a while, but as movies continue to underperform, the remainder of 2021 could lead to more release changes. For now, it appears Ghostbusters Afterlife will be coming out this year. Mm. So a week later, roughly, 
Two it's not too there. bad, but it's not bad. My gosh. It's, it's, Can you're we just this, have it already? <laughs> I mean, you're hearing this more and more, though. These these movie studios are scrambling for these these yeah. key dates on releasing the film because they don't want their properties to overlap. Uh, point and example is definitely Sony Pictures with Morbius and uh, Venom, uh, you know, Carnage. These films have, have been delayed several times. And finally, I do believe in October we're getting Venom. Uh, too, and so, but Mor Morbius has been delayed uh, until March, I believe, or is it February? I don't even know anymore. Then, yeah. It's somewhere in that neck of the woods. So I'm just like, okay, but yeah, you can definitely tell how last year has truly rocked the world of of Hollywood, and it's just they're trying to want to get these movies out definitely before the change of the year and before the Christmas season. And they're trying to scramble on which dates are the best because they don't want other movies that they're releasing to come out on this date. I get it, but it is kind of a little bit of a conundrum as well. Austin, what's your thoughts on on just how the how the whole industry is switched up? Well, my big fear right now is is I'm looking at a couple movies. I'm looking at Eternals and Spider Man, and and essentially they were waiting on Shang Chi. The results for this weekend's box. Have you guys seen the numbers? I have not. No, I have not. I was relying on you actually. I, I know that I had a lot of people breathing on me during the movie. <laughs> yeah, so, so I it will, didn't hurt that bad. <laughs> I will say the expectations were that that Shang Chi would make in the. 50-ish million dollar range opening weekend, which would put it, you know, below Black Widow. Black Widow did great uh, for releasing on Disney+, Plus, but she's an established character in the MCU, right? This and is she was also the first huge movie out of a pandemic yes, exactly. that people were craving to get back in the yes. theater. So, so a lot of circumstances went into that $80 million weekend. So I, I saw Shang-Chi and I said, man, it'll be lucky to hit 60. Uh, we are staring down, and this is just the three days. So it's Labor Day. We count the four day. Three-day, $71 million in the United States. Four-day, possibly Domestic. 82 to 85. Uh, Shang-Chi just blew away everyone's expectations, right? Wow. So this is a huge win. Uh, I believe it's the all-time Labor Day weekend record. Now, not a lot of movies release on Labor Day, Labor Day whatever, but... This is big, and that's just domestic, right? International numbers, we're still waiting on that. Definitely over like 120, 130. That's huge. That that's is huge. huge. So that is huge. This, is, this is not only a big win for Marvel, it's a big win for the box office, man. And and what a movie to do it in Shang-Chi. I'm so happy it did that well. Wow. Shattered. That is so good. And, you know, I, I was sitting here watching, and we're going to get into this here in just really briefly after the retro rewind, but mm -hmm. it, it was just, it was so refreshing. It was like, you're, you're, you know how Wakanda kind of introduces to the African culture and those nuances. It was like, it was like the Chinese version of that, the culture with the dragons and the mysticism Absolutely. and the magic. I loved it. And, and, and so yeah. mm -hmm. we're going to talk about that though. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole just yet. But um, definitely, uh, I, I am. I'm excited to see Ghostbusters either way. Uh, I do know. I will say this much because I, I do. I am part of a Ghostbusters um, inside fan club, if you will. And uh, look at your local grocery store. There will be some exclusive uh, Ghostbusters cereal hitting the market in about two oh. or three weeks. Uh, it'll be in a collector's box, I do believe, with the logo on front and the little ghosties as marshmallows. Uh, and also, too, I, if I am not mistaken, Ecto Cooler is returning in October. Ooh. And you could see it possibly on store shelves as soon as, well, two weeks from now, as a matter of fact. Yes. So yes. Um, as, as the movie gets closer to November, you're going to see these products come out. Ecto Cooler, if you have no idea what it is, I don't know what rock you've been under. I don't know right. when you were born. It is a part of my childhood, and right. I will be stockpiling it for probably, I'll probably buy $300 worth of it. Speaking of stockpiling and cereal, the monster cereals are out and back this year. They are. You've Booberry. got Booberry and Frankenberry and Choco, Choc, Count Chocula. Do they ever do Yummy Mummy again? I didn't, I have not seen Yummy Mummy. I only saw yeah. the three. See, yeah. Yummy Mummy was great because it was like fruity pebbles of the monster world. Yeah, it was so good, and they just stopped making it. There was also a it, werewolf one. It's cool about it on the back. They kind of have a little bit of an origin story where it's like they made the band, and then they but show the dance steps. Of correct the me if match. I'm wrong, Lindsay. Isn't the box art the old school it's retro? Yeah, it's that's throwback. what I thought. It's cool. totally throwback. The front and the back has all so sorts of good for that. stuff. 
I don't care one bit to eat that sugary goodness. I don't care. I'm a, I'll just let my kids eat it and I'll keep the box and do something cool with it. I exactly. I'm, 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 I'm going to probably get, keep the I'm going to definitely buy blueberry and frankenberry when I can get it. Here in Florida, we don't have it yet. So I don't know if you guys saw it. John, John mentioned something in the chat. You know, after uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife screened at CinemaCon, um, and the reactions were really, really great. I saw that really on comicbook.com. Like, yeah, they were like, really great. fans were like, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but the, the so, big words I was getting was the continuity. Yeah. Like right where number two ended, number three picks up. I love it. It's just mm. like, I'm like, what? This Let's is go. amazing. Finally, the, the sequel that we've all been wanting. Mm-hmm. But with all that said, you guys are ready for some Batman 1989 on Retro Rewind this week? Let's yeah, do it. All righty. You guys don't go nowhere. You know what time it is. You know where we're going. You know what's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. To the back. Retro Weight Rewind. Retro Rewind. Retro Rewind. The Retro Rewind, and, um, you know, I chose this movie particularly because Mr. Michael Keaton has been in the news quite a bit lately, and he is reprising not only his role as Bruce Wayne from the Burton-verse, but there's talks that, well, obviously he's coming back in Spider-Man, you know, we're going to be seeing it, but there's also talks of Beetlejuice 2. And so Keaton is literally in his prime right now. I mean, we thought he was in his the prime in the prime, 80s. Third prime? Dude, I'm Has telling you. Has he stopped his prime yet? He's not hit Optimus <laughs> Prime yet. Once he no. hits that prime, I think we'll be good Optimus to go. Prime. Oh, boy. <laughs> He'll remake those movies again. Oh, my gosh. Do but, that series justice. I just know it. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead the discussion on this one this week, if that's okay. okay because yes. Please um, do. I want to tell you, so I imagine little Joe, a little, you know, probably 10-year-old Joe, 1989 comes out, and I and it's, this is just one of those movies. Uh, my mom, I remember her taking me to see this, and I believe it came out in May uh, 1989. It was just, or was it July? I believe it was July. I can't remember. But anyway, it doesn't matter. And I just have so many June fond memories 19th. because my mom, I got the video game for the Sega Genesis, I had the Batman shirt that matched everything. I had the soundtrack. I I went out and bought the Prince soundtrack as well because there's two soundtracks to this. You got Danny Elfman's, then you got Prince's soundtrack, yeah. which mm-hmm. was also in there as well. And I I had this on VHS. I would come home from school and I already have it pre-rewound. That way when I get home, I can just hit play and watch it till mm-hmm. dinner time. It, I mean, I would wear this 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 video VHS tape out, but for me, it was a defining moment because it was for the first time. Now we, I saw Christopher Reeve in '79, '78, and and '80, and all that when he did Superman, but seeing Batman in a dark, grim landscape at, with a black outfit was so new and foreign to me. And what Tim Burton did with this character and the visuals and the cinematography, um, I didn't understand all those words at the time. I just knew that I have. I was watching something that nobody else had ever seen before, and I was completely inspired by it. I was blown away by it, like just the way the Gotham City was, the matte paintings and the the articulation on the Batwing and the Batmobile. In the mind of a ten year old, can you just imagine? Your brain just lighting up on on all cylinders. That would be this movie for me. Uh, I can't say anything bad about this movie. I, I'm not going to because I can't. Um, for me, it is definitely in my top four movies of all time. If you visit me on my uh, letterbox, you will see this logo right there, front and center on my top four. Um, it is It is the movie, I think, where I really... It was where I discovered my love for artistry because one of the very first comic book artists, I, I was drawing things before like the California Raisins and Super Mario Brothers and all this stuff. But then Batman came out and I began to draw, you know, the the cowl, if you will, the ears and the symbol. And I really started diving deep. And I was reading comics long before this, but drawing comics was something very fresh. And this is what inspired it for me. 
Uh, it was just amazing. I, I was just blown away by this. And I'm not going to rant on anymore. I want to go over to uh, Austin Burke on this one. Then we'll go to Lindsay. I love that enthusiasm. I do. And it's funny you say that about this movie because The Dark Knight is the movie that got me into my love of movies. Wow. So we, both, we both have that uh, that Batman connection. Yeah, we uh, do. You know, and, and part of me kind of looked, didn't look down on this film, but after The Dark Knight, it's like, well, that's the definitive Bat movie, Batman movie. You know, I, I looked at some of the other ones prior and I was like, okay, maybe not as good, especially the two Schumacher films. We don't no, talk we about No, we don't those. talk about those. We don't talk no, about We don't those. have bat nipples on Pop X. Mm -hmm. No, we do not. No. And it's actually funny because I, I actually have more nostalgia for this movie than the, the Bale films, technically, because mom had this on VHS. So mm -hmm. when I was five and six, before we got Batman Begins right, she would play this for me and I would watch it, really enjoy it. Then part of me is like, you know, does it hold up on rewatch? So I went back and, and sat down today and I said, let's see how this goes. And let me tell you, uh, I knew I liked Batman. I didn't really know I loved Batman. This movie does, I, I mean, indeed, and I'm even upping my score. I had it at three and a half stars on Letterboxd. I'm upping that to a four now. I didn't know that uh, there there was this much uh, joy that comes from watching this film. And I watched it through the eyes of someone like Joe that's watching it for the first time. Right, mm -hmm. seeing all of these great Batman references and, and and the way that Tim Burton and you know Tim Burton now is not on the level that he was at this point, but at this point, right, right we're, we're cranking out Beetlejuice and all these great, these classic films. And this movie, man, it's got so much just oomph packed into it. It's like every scene, Jack Nicholson eats every moment. I mean, he just eats as Joker, man. Yeah. Down to the articulation of the laugh. And Michael Keaton, I mean, now we know him as Batman. I know him as Batman, but apparently at the time people didn't think he could do it they didn't think he could pull it off and while maybe he looks a little silly when you get the close-up shots in the cow uh i i think for the most part he embodies bat that's why i'm, oh, I'm yeah. psyched out of my mind to see him back uh but he really does he embodies batman in this movie and he has the cool factor as bruce wayne we believe it when you know we get the shot of the guy coming in with the swords and he's in batman oh yeah just kicks him to the ground and i'm like <laughs> I buy it. I, I completely yeah. buy it. And then even the Prince soundtrack, I'm thinking to myself, this, this, this doesn't work. Part of me remember, does this work with Batman? It works. It works. Because it works so well in the Joker scenes, and you get that parade at the end. But then you start thinking about it. I mean, this is this is He horrifying. stole my balloons. Man, this <laughs> yes. guy's killing everybody with this gas. It's horrifying. Yes. And what's his name is running around with the gas mask on trying to take people out. And Vicky Bell's just rolling up the window. Like, I'm, I'm loving it, man. I was eating this up. And then that confrontation at the end. And it's funny because I got a lot of, and obviously the dark Knight, some shades of the dark, you know, the scene in the dark Knight where the Joker comes on television and, and holds the guy hostage. We get something similar here, right? Joker with the commercial Joker holding the guy hostage coming in on the news set, taking the girl out. I'm seeing all these scenes, and I'm like, man, and, this movie did it right. And he put toxic chemicals in the cosmetic. Uh, oh, yes. And, and he's killing people. He's killing people golf. randomly. He's completely I, on a tirade. I didn't remember how much of a murderer this Joker was, because I just think of Jack Nicholson. He's right? savage, bro. Yeah, so this rewatch did me so much. I mean, it's been eight years. This rewatch did me so much good with this movie, man. And yeah, I mean, some cheesy moments, some yeah. 80 moments. I and get like that. I said, the, the cow, sure, right? And those are things that factor in at the end of the day. But man, th this was a great time. I am so glad we did this retro rewind because I'm going to go straight into Batman Returns after that and see what happens. As a matter Batman. of fact, well, I'm going to watch it tonight after we're done. Okay, I'm going yeah. straight into nice. Danny DeVito yeah. and Michelle Pfeiffer. Absolutely. Oh, that's a good one, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lindsay Badger. Oh my gosh, boys, well done on catching all of those big things. Um, I think my experience with this is I was like a first grader when this movie came out. Wow. Um, my brother obviously was way more excited about this than me because, you know, it's a boy thing. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So, you know, you just kind of like the, the gender roles that are totally forced upon you really was not my thing, but I was forced to sit in that same living room and watch this movie a gajillion times until the VH tape almost broke too. 
So even though my brother got the birthday cake for Batman and he wanted all the toys for Batman, I was just as excited about watching the Batman and was on board with the Batman too. So um, I have that nice, really strong connection with the nostalgia of wanting to not necessarily have underoos with Batman on them, (laughs) but um, still having that excitement about being a part of the culture and the times. I may have had Um, those underoos. I bet you did. I bet you did. I I have no doubt. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did with a cowl on probably. (laughs) (laughs) I am Batman. (laughs) I am Berkman. (laughs) I love it. That's so good, dude. Oh my gosh. So, Yes, there's that strong nostalgic tie that really gets me excited about this movie. Before I even plugged it in or turned it on, um, I knew that this was going to be a great watch. Uh, But watching it with, uh, of course, I always bring my kids along for the ride because you have to be the parent. Did your husband watch it with you? Properly of the past. No, he was at work that day. Oh, okay. Even though he thoroughly enjoys watching it too. I figured. He's a huge Batman fan. Oh, I know. That's why I asked. But this time, no, I just watched it with the kiddos. Um, I forgot the details. Mm. And that's why I really appreciated being able to go back and rewatch it because the details that they pull from the comics to make it such an authentic experience and the reason why it gets you so excited Mm -hmm. is the bat cave with the waterfall and the whole thing that when they're going into it is so dark and bleak and all the gadgets in the car. I'm sorry, but the, the Batmobile is iconic. You Legit. cannot tell me there is a better Batmobile that has one. been created yeah. since. There yeah. is no better Batmobile than the one from this movie. The, the Tumblr, the Tumblr, and Christopher Nolan's is a very hard number two for it's me. It's good, um, but it will never be number one. I, I don't know, Austin. What is your what is your take on that, Nolan or Burton? Batmobile. Man, it's they're they're both so distinctly. I think this one yeah. is your more classic Batman style, and, and it really, really it molded Batman the animated series and the look to that Batmobile too. So this may yeah. take it, but well, the Tumblr's great as well. And it I is. think that the the suit has been designed to be to that smooth molded thing, yeah. and the car mimics that it personality. Does. So it kind of pairs them together really nicely. Sleek. Where the Tumblr was more of like the tactical, grungier, rougher around yeah. the edges. Military which style. Suit, yeah, yeah, more yes. militaristic. So it's two different worlds, I would think. Um, Joker was my standout. Honestly, I was cheering more for Joker in this movie than I was Batman. And I felt a little guilty, but not at all because Jack Nicholson nailed it. He slayed this role so hard that I wanted to just have a full movie that was just him wreaking havoc in the world. Whenever you're rooting for the bad guy. (laughs) It's it's too, Lindsay. You bring up a great point. It's like. People don't talk about Jack because Heath Ledger, he is the gold standard, right? He's fantastic. He did a great role, but yes. he was in a different stylized storytelling, sure. which, and he nailed that too perfectly. And, and I am Joaquin, a huge Heath Ledger fan. And, and Joaquin too. wins the Oscar, this and that. But people don't talk about Jack Nicholson. And oh, I'm watching this performance, so I'm like, good. he's got to be talked about dude, more because this man crushes this Dude, role, I'm right? telling you, it is like Jack Nicholson was born to play Tim Burton's Joker. Absolutely. It is like, you can't deny, I mean... I would love it. It would be great. Now that we're having this kind of revival of sorts of bringing old school back to new school, like with, yeah. you know, Michael Keaton coming back into the Flash and designing just, Flash's new set. What if, what if Mike, it, I'm not saying, what if Jack Nicholson got in the makeup again? I was thinking that. On the I would love that. That would be fantastic. I don't know how he would survive a thousand foot drop off of a cathedral tower, but. I love how they presented the origin stories. I mean, we got the, you know, the Batman for right. mom murder thing. Which, I mean, at that time, it was like the only time they did that. So you yeah. can't like <laughs> give it hell. Um, but they also did the Joker origin story and wove both of those in there seamlessly. So you didn't feel like it was being dragged out and it was fast enough to get the concept, but we didn't dwell. Yep. So that we could move on with the actual like present day story, which was really nice. I love the color palette that goes mm. to the full credit of the director and his stylizing and also the Danny Elfman and all oh, of the, I was the, just the, getting package, ready to bring in that that package, the music and yeah. the visuals always nail it every single time they come together. I 100% love it. Lindsay, I'm so glad you brought up Danny Elfman because this movie has the touch and the thumbprint of Burton. Yes. But the sensory of Danny Elfman. 
Yes. I mean, from the moment you you see that logo and the opening credits, and you hear that, you know, da, 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 na, 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 you're just like, well, and then just yeah. it's just so good. It doesn't matter where you are in the world, you hear those opening notes, you know exactly what song it is. Exactly. Exactly. So exactly. what I want to do really quick, though, is I want to discuss the cultural ramifications of how this film has affected pop culture. Okay. Everybody, how many times have you went to a con or you've seen a con, somebody dress up as that Batman? Mm -hmm. yeah. How many times have you went to a con and you've seen a photo op with that Batmobile on display? Yeah. And that logo. And that logo. That logo, Mark, is so simple, but it, it is like permanently ingrained in that time and, and still to this day extremely there, relevant. There was, here's what I'm talking about with the cultural impact. In 1986, Frank Miller wrote The Dark Knight and forever retold how we would see Batman from that point forward. His That book, if you've never seen it, you don't have the graphic novel, I highly recommend to go to your local comic book shop, pick it up, it's like 10 bucks. But read The Dark Knight by Frank, Frank Miller, 1986. It was actually originally, I think, a four-part uh, graphic novel series. But now you can buy, you can, you can get basically the the combined version of it in a uh, trade paperback, nice. and read it and 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 enjoy it because Tim Burton read that from Frank Miller, and that is essentially what spawned the creation of this Batman that we see today from 1989. And the cultural impact of that was because. A comic book was written that changed the way that Batman would forever be changed from campy, cheesy detective to serious, dark, gothic, gritty detective. And it, it literally paved the trajectory for Christopher Nolan's Batman and the upcoming The Batman that's going to be releasing, I believe, in 2022, if mm -hmm. I'm not mistaken. And so it is literally – I mean – Look, we haven't even talked about the Rocksteady games yet, too. You know, Batman oh, Arkham yeah. Asylum. All of them have been adapted to some oh, way yeah. from 1989's Batman or Christopher Nolan's Batman. And they're just iconic. And guess what? One of the greatest animated series ever to grace the TV, Batman oh, the yeah. Animated Series, was oh, yeah. a direct spawn and spinoff. Even the music in the intro of that cartoon was yes. Danny Elfman-esque. I'm just telling you, it... This film literally created a melting pot of just goodness that has lasted and stood the test of time. Can I and add we'll that continue. we also have the most fantastic Alfred of all time in this movie? Oh, He's so good. <laughs> oh my gosh. He's uh, such... It's really hard to um, rise up to that bar it of is. expectation for any other person that plays that role because he did such a good job. He did. No, you're you're absolutely right. He's got such a general cadence about him and Master Wayne. And it's just I could just hear him. I mean, you know, he passed away about ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, shortly after the making of the fourth film and uh the Schumacher one. But um Anyway, you guys ready to score this film and move on to Shang-Chi? Let's do it. I don't want to run out of time. Oh, we're not. I'm going to go. talk all night about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to reverse. Now, this is me. This is probably the highest score I've ever scored anything. I'm reversing Batman 1989, and I'm going with a 9.8. What? Yeah, I love nice. it. I'm going with a 9.8 because wow. this, this film for me is just, I, I, I love it. I love it. Lindsay Badger. Uh, I'm 94. Nice. 9.4. Nice. Yes, it's amazing. Nice. I, I really don't have a lot to pick at it. I mean, other, other than just, you know, time references that didn't necessarily stand the test of time. That's just nitpicky crap. It's a fantastic movie. 9.4, yeah. dude. Austin Burke. 94. I feel like I'm being the harsh one here. I am going to go an 80. I'm going to go an 80%. That's which, fair. That's which, which great. No, that's a great good. score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great score. Um, But yeah, I, I just, you said a melting pot, Joe. I also noticed the, the little intricacies of, uh, pulling in the, the 66 Batman. Not that it went full cheese, but just some of those moments like that yeah. don't feel as dark as Nolan went. But I like that. It's, it's, yeah. it's like what all the things that make Batman But that was great. Tim Burton, though. You know, he kind of, yeah. he has yeah, that vibe anyway. All the things anyway. that make Batman great is is in this movie. So it brings in the old, ushers in the new. Yes. It's it's really cool. It's really cool. It so a solid eight for me. Just yeah. rest in peace, Bob. 
Well, you listen, guys, um, whatever your score is, please let us know in the chat. Drop it over in the chat. I want to see what you guys thought of Batman 1989. And with that said, are you guys ready to transition to Shang-Chi? Let's go. Yeah. All right, let's do it. I'm going to roll the spoiler alert now. If you've not watched Shang-Chi, you've not been to the cinema, please hit that pause button. I don't want to spoil anything of this movie for you. We're going to be talking spoilers, so uh, don't, don't do it. All right, beyond this point, you have been warned. Danger, danger. You are about to enter a Pop-Hop-X spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. Austin Burke, I'm going to go immediately to you on this one, dude. Give me your thoughts on Shang-Chi. So, I... I was nervous for this movie. I was very nervous I, I, because I don't think the trailers sold this movie for what it actually is, right? And what it is is a, a kick a good time. But what we got from the trailers, you know, a little bit too heavy on certain things that weigh some of these Marvel movies down. Yeah. And I liked Black Widow. I thought Black Widow was good. But Black Widow... Um, started to go a bit too heavy on on certain things, a mix of elements that often don't make Marvel movies the top-tier Marvel movies. And I'm not going to sit here and say Shang-Chi is like top five Marvel movie. You're competing against some of the all-time greatest comic book movies here. But what Shang-Chi is able to do is stand out as one of the best, and I mean absolute best, origin stories in the MCU, Ooh. solo films in the MCU, and a movie that just brings in everything you want to see in a martial arts, crouching tiger, hidden dragon, the classic kung fu movies of old, uh, but modernizes it, gives us a superhero spin. It's the first time, and I, I, I can't claim this, I saw it on Twitter, but I agree with it. It's the first time I've watched a movie and said to myself, I think Dragon Ball Z could work in live action. And if mm. you want to know how to do it, Pay attention to these fights, these fight scenes. In this oh, my movie. God. Somebody please make that happen. That would be amazing. Would because be, remember, yeah. they tried it, but it was completely botched. But now that I've seen Shang-Chi and I watched this third act and the dragon fights and that battle between the oh. Mandarin and his son, I'm saying, yeah, we could do it. Yeah, we could do it. Just hire Destin Daniel Creighton as your director. Hire these stunt choreographers and give me some of this. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and act like the, the mesh of everything is perfect. Right. I do think maybe Aquafina's jokes didn't land every single time. And again, with the Marvel making the third act really, really big, sometimes a bit too big. Sometimes I think the third act held a bit too much for its own good. You got Katie firing the bow. She only had 30 minutes to train and become a really good archer. Some things didn't work. Right. But at the end of the day, when I look at this movie and what works and what stands out, I, I can sit back and say, I had no clue this would be this good. And Madison and I both walked out of our screening, and it's been weeks. We I need to go see it again. We both walked out of our screening going, that was a nice surprise. And everyone had the same vibe. Wow. And I don't see a lot of people disliking this film. And yeah. I don't know how many Marvel movies I've said that about before. So, guys, I had a blast with this movie. And Shang-Chi... Uh, get this boy in the Avengers as soon as you can, because yeah. it's going to be great. I can't wait. I can't either. I want to go to Lindsay Badger. Lindsay, okay. what did you think of Sun chi um, I'm going to echo a little bit of what Austin just said. It caught me by surprise. I, yeah. um, I am not a huge fan of the Crouchy Tiger, Hidden Dragon Kung Fu, the, the over-exaggerated sure. choreography that's Over top, more yeah. fantasy than reality. That stuff just bores me to, to tears <laughs> and so i was concerned because i saw some of that in this movie and i was like oh god am i good is this going to be another not so great thing for me but um i really liked it yeah a lot um and and i'm glad they saved those big moments for just certain times and didn't do it the entire movie because that would have gotten really old uh so <laughs> there's that first you know the the how the parents got together and met and their little love story was so sweet right. and cute that, you know, even the, the most nastiest, evilest of guys can fall in love, which is mm. really touching. And the, and it has to be with the sweetest human being on the planet, you know, of course. And, uh, but she's a total badass too, which was great. And then they come together and they have the kids and they put away all their power for their family. And right. I, that just touched me. Yeah. That wow. just brought me that, that just, 
rocked my world in the theaters. I was like, oh my God, are you serious? And, and how passionately, um, it was the Mandarin, right? Uh, loved her. Yeah. That he would just like, he would conquer all the planets in the universe if she asked him to, just because he so passionately cared for her. And it was sad that he, he took that grief of her death and blamed it on the children. And it wasn't that they necessarily did anything. He, he thought that his son should have done something, which obviously he's like six years old. What's they going to do? Right. (laughs) Um, and, and the only reason why his daughter was, was shunned was because she visually looked like her mother. And that was the only reason. And that culture really kind of is not a huge fan of the females in general anyways. Yeah. Just, just yeah. histor- historically, they 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 prize the males over the females, anyways. So they did kind of nod to that a little bit. Sure. And then more towards the end, whenever that the the female uprising of the of the takeover of the compound, I was like, all right, girl power, yeah. but that also terrifies the crap out of me. Is she going to be good or is she going to be evil? Because it really doesn't point in any direction and they left that wide open. Yeah. So she could either be a very strong force that's an ally for the good guys, or she could turn against and use all that power for not so good things. So I thought that was nice. I agree with Aquafina. She felt awkward in a lot of situations, but then there were some that really landed nicely. Yeah. Um, the dragon. Oh my God. Was that gorgeous. Incredible that was the CGI. most beautiful creature I have ever seen created. Yeah. <laughs> ever and that red scaling on all of the uniforms and the weapons and that giant scale wall oh my gosh it was just phenomenal somebody noted something that they were like i didn't know pokemon were in the mcu (laughs) i noted that too i was like this is getting awkward you guys it's getting good though (laughs) but it was so fantastic oh my gosh i love how it's kind of like a finding your own path story Mm -hmm. that you can relate to as a young adult kind of like black black panther right you are yes oh yeah a little bit hey i didn't hate all of it sorry i had to do that we're gonna have to do a redo of that episode maybe i'll rewatch it again you you can't live that down girl i never will i never will i wear it proudly so (laughs) but anyways i'm gonna wrap up my my love for this movie was was a surprise to me um i don't think it's like the best of all the mcu movies but i feel like it's very very well done yeah no i get that um I think for me, uh, I'm I'm so glad that they left Trevor out of the trailers because he was such a nice comedic <laughs> relief. He's yes. like, I'm just going to play dead here. Come here, Morris. Let's play dead. Play dead. And it was so, he was so cute. funny. And it, you know, we were wondering because we know he was alive at the end of Iron Man one or Iron Man three, 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 three. Yeah, and it um, kind of makes us appreciate Iron Man three just a little just bit more. a little bit more. But he's yeah. still alive, and lo and behold, the Mandarin has the real Mandarin has actually picked him up and thrown him in a cell somewhere. To be honest with you, <laughs> and, I kind of forgot about him. And he's just kind of yeah. like talking to himself in a mirror. He doesn't even know. I don't even think he knows he's imprisoned. But <laughs> Ben Kingsley, oh my gosh, so what a good. surprise! He is so good. Uh, but there was a lot of awesome elements in this the cinematography for me uh just being able to control the elements and the wind and the whisking of the leaves and the sand as she's kicking around with her back leg it was just amazing beautiful um the dragon like you said Lindsay, i thought the dragon was just spectacular uh the cgi probably some of the best cgi work i've seen to date in a marvel movie the water yeah and the map on the ground and all the bamboo trees oh my god stay in the pocket all the feels, the all the feels for this one. Oh, uh, so good. It was truly remarkable. Now, like you said, Aquafina kind of had definitely some some jokes that didn't land. And it's kind of like, ah, but then the ones that did land were very, very good and very fun. Um, I enjoyed um, just the whole backstory of of the rings themselves and how the Mandarin is over a thousand years old. He's guy's old. He's been around since the old days of the, of the of the dynasty of China, you know, and he's he's been battling, and nobody never really seemed to talk about that. That he's over a thousand years old, you know. He was acknowledged, yeah. but it wasn't like, oh well, you know, he's you know, 
it was weird. I was you've like, well, lived, you've lived 10 lifetimes or whatever it was. That yeah, said. it was weird. I mean, it, you would think at some point um, he would be acknowledged for that. And, and it's definitely in the course of the MCU. There has to be more of his presence somewhere in mm. the history and the vast vastness of that. Uh, but it it was just, I mean, it one and done, I guess. But for me, though, I, I love the origin story. I love the infusion of the Chinese culture. I've always loved the Chinese culture to begin with, going all the way back to the 80s. Uh, I just love everything about the music, the style, the, the just the literature and the, the art as well as inspiring, especially for me as an artist, reading some of the early manga. Um, and that's so I was kind of seeing that play out here as well. It was really nice and inspiring. I thought Marvel did a fantastic job introducing a lesser-known character, but in a very visually stunning way that would kind of give him a thumbprint. And I think that we need to talk definitely about the post credit scene. Oh, um, oh yeah, well, and two. how surprised I were to see in the fighting ring. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Abomination <laughs> and Wong yeah. battling. And I was like, because you saw the little circles. I was like, oh, my God, it's going to be Doctor Strange. He's in this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then it was just Wong, and I was like, what? It's what? It's what? <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> He's so funny. But it was really cool, though, to see Abomination from 2008's The Incredible yeah, Hulk, who has now mutated. He's got the fins on the ears. He's a little bit bigger and bulkier. Mm -hmm. And they're back in the locker room after the fight, and Wong and him's having some conversations. And they just go to the portal together, back to New York. So Abomination is back in New York, which is going to lead to more Hulk she Hulk. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, they're setting him up for Thunderbolts. Dude, Thunderbolts right now. That yeah. it's you can see it. You can definitely see it. Um, but I loved that one. A little nuance was great. But let's talk about the first yes. post credit scene uh, with Wong, who literally comes out into the diner. They're having dinner. Him, Shang Chi, and and, and the family and the gang. They're all there. And um, they're trying to tell the story that they had to their friends, and their friends are looking at them kind of like, what the like, heck are you, you talking guys about? Are You're on, on drugs. Something. Then all of a sudden, Wong just opens up the portal, and they step out. Yeah, are you, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi, are you here? And the next thing you know, um, it's it was, he's ported back to, to New York, and he's like, they're trying to figure out the origins of these rings. Where they come from. This yeah. is where it gets crazy. The camera pans around. We see... Captain Marvel, Brie and? Larson, and Mark Ruffalo, Bruce yes. Banner, and they're trying to figure out. And they're they're uh, they said something to the fact there is a beacon hidden inside of the rings, a beacon for what? For? Yeah. and who's it calling for? And you know that is a very interesting discussion. And I I want to say it's leading directly into the Eternals. Ooh, I think like you're it. right. I think it's a, because these rings yeah. kind of have the pattern. With the timeline, it would only make sense that they were involved with it. Well, if 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 Mandarin was a thousand years old and these have been on Earth long before that, yes, they've been here since seven thousand years. According the internals to internals, probably brought them with them, maybe, and maybe they were bestowed to somebody as kind of like a peacekeeper or a guardian over the over the humans. Somewhere along the way, that peacekeeper or guardian was dismantled, came into the hands of a more sinister mind, and used for wrong rather than good. Um, but I think, what are those things called in the trailers in the, in the Eternals? The deviants? Is yeah, that what they call deviants. them? Yeah. Maybe those rings were actually meant to destroy the deviants if they were to come Ooh. on Earth. Yeah, Think that about makes sense. it. And I was sitting here trying to pick this apart over the weekend because, I mean, I have a lot of time to decipher this stuff. So that would be my hypothesis is that the yeah. rings are connected to the Eternals. They were used for that, and they were handed down. And, and of course, they, they were handed into some evil doings. And um, But a beacon, who are they calling to? And yeah. um, isn't there something in the trailers like they, that the reason that they're being called back to Earth is that there's a beacon or something that they're needing to come back to Earth for? I, I it, Yes, and I, I do believe you're onto something because in the comics, it's this giant dragon-looking species that leaves them, and then, of course, the Mandarin finds them. And I think they're going to do that. I think the perfect way to tie it in is to tie it in with the Eternals. And like you said, Joe... Why are they coming back to Earth? And what is calling them? There had to be a disturbance of some sort uh, that mm -hmm. they can't interfere with. 
you know, when it comes to Thanos and all that, because it has to be, it has to do with the deviant. So I think this right. has to do with that. If it does indeed connect, um, it's a beacon of some sort. I also love, so Destin Daniel Creighton, the director, he did um, Short Term 12, which is a movie, uh, one of my all-time favorite movies from the 2000s uh, with Brie Larson. So this was his way to reunite with Brie Larson, bringing her in for the post-credits. I think that's mm -hmm. great. I think that's, that's awesome. Great. I thought it was great too. And Martin Ruffalo, one of the most smartest minds on Earth in present day too, also trying to decipher this now that Tony Stark is gone. I just think that they're they're trying to figure this out, and I, I do think well the next film to come out is the Eternals. So now that Marvel is back online with the the timeline that it was supposed to be intended, um, and and it doesn't look like we're going to see the end of Shang Chi. I think he's coming back at, to some mm -hmm. extent. He may be joining a, a new group of alliance, maybe the new Avengers or the new Defenders or something along that that lines. That's going to kind of um harken back to to an old school team up yes i don't know we may yes. even see him on disney plus who knows oh that'd be awesome I would you know it. did i hit did i miss anything else about uh, shang chi is there um uh, we so there's two post-credit scenes the second one was um his sister has now set up the fight ring at the former yeah. base and i had i mentioned that a little bit earlier yeah about it was that. just yeah. what is that going where is that going I, yeah, it definitely is open-ended question on whether that's going to be for good or evil. It didn't surprise me that she went back and continued to that because of what she was doing when they met her. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. Doing, and she already had that giant empire already established. She just moved locations, and now wow. she's turned it into more of a building an army instead of getting money for fights. It's a little so, weird. Like, what is she... Well... It, to me, it looks like she's the new leader of the Ten Rings. That's because, what I got. She's yes. the new Mandarin, or whatever yeah. you yeah. call it. Or. But how can she be... I know the organization was called the Ten Rings, but if Brother has the Ten Rings, I think it's got to be called something else. I think that's just their their name, because in Iron Man, you know, they, they didn't actually have the Ten Rings. Oh, okay. They called themselves the Ten Rings, What uh, the, the group that Obadiah was working with. So I yeah, think this yeah, is yeah. kind of her way of of taking the reins. And uh, I find it interesting too, because there was a group of men warriors at the mm -hmm. end when they're, they're slowly zooming out and female warriors, female which is warriors. something her father didn't allow. So now right. she's really making it her own and they looked really fierce and she did not look like a good guy. So no, I, I really got some, way. some, some dark vibes from I her and it would only make yeah. sense if brother is going to be the ultimate good that she would be brother the against sister. That coin. Yes, yeah. That just like makes it. sense. It could be brother yeah. against sister. They could be setting up Shang-Chi part two um, and it, very sinister. But uh, I think that's pretty much the premise of, of everything that we have. I think with we hit the major point. I think we did. Uh, I, the score was great. Definitely complimented the, the film very yeah. well. Amazing. Um, and I think all in all, it was a, a fantastic film. With that said, let's go ahead and give our official review. I'm going to start with uh, Austin, then Lindsay, and myself. And I think we have to talk about Tony Leung, too, who plays uh, this version of the movie. Oh, amazing. Um, the Marvel Universe sometimes has a villain problem. Not this movie. Not this, this villain was spectacular. Uh, my score is an, it's an 82%. It's nice. on the higher end of the Marvel movies. I, I think it did just a wonderful job with what it tried to do, and I am now a Shang-Chi fan. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Nice. Me too. Lindsay Badger. Uh, I was going to go with 78. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. Also, I was I just a quick note to add to the all that we've said. I'm glad that they didn't push that romance too hard. They yeah. kind of hinted Same. that there was a chemistry, but Same. they didn't go full there. Yeah. Yes. So that that left that tension, but not awkward. Yeah. Okay. Love it. So carry on. I, <laughs> yes, I am actually going to go with an 8.4 uh, yeah. upon kind of digesting the movie for the past couple of days. Uh, there was some really good meat and parts to this film that definitely uh, is going to leave a lasting impact, especially going into MCU Phase 4 as we go into the Eternals in just a few months. I think this movie is going to kind of like be a thumbprint to things to come because there's so many things that was set up in this film. It's going to yes. be one of those pivotal ones that we come back to, you know, Wong getting Shang-Chi to see what the rings are about, and then also the setup of the Mandarin, and then also there's going to be a whole future directory. What are the rings? Who brought them here? Where are they from? That's probably going to lead up to some pretty awesome reveals yes. coming up in fu when, future films. I know Eternals is at the end of this year. When is the Doctor Strange movie out again? In Multiverse March. of Ma March. In March, in spring. God, are we not primed and ready for that? We're My done, Lord man. Lord have oh, mercy. Bring it. Bring it. John Poffenbarger over in the chat room is give it a 7.9. Nice. Uh, that's awesome. Jeremy's Be sure to share your score with us in the chat room. 
Uh, yep, eight point nine for Jeremy. Look at that. You guys are just killing it mm, over in the chat. Love it. Thank you guys so much, man. And with that said, we've uh, reached the mark, man. This has been a fun show. When we talk about, I forgot to mention it's Michael Keaton's birthday today. Yeah. Happy yeah. birthday, Batman. Yeah, Perfect. our Batman turns, I don't Adventure know, he, he's timeless. I'm not even going to give whatever. him an age. He just, he, Michael Keaton is Michael Keaton. Eternal. And it's weird that we, you were talking about that before the show. It's weird that today was the day that we did the Batman yes. 89 review. And his his birthday. I, hadn't, I didn't plan that. <laughs> Uh, Derek Smith went a 9.4 on Shang-Chi, and Desiree went with a 9.1. So pretty awesome scores across the board. So it's unanimous. Team Pop X and the family Pop X are agreeing. This this is one you don't want to miss. It's a win. I feel like the trailer undersold it, to be honest. And what a great great movie for Labor Day weekend, too, you know, because... (laughs) It's a ever, most people's off work tomorrow. They get to take their families and enjoy an afternoon movie, and this is probably going to be it. So that's oh, awesome. Isaiah has a nine point two favorite Marvel. Isaiah movie in a long Bell time. with a nine point two wow. since Winter Soldier. Boom! Yeah. Isaiah, let's go! Awesome. All right. Very oh cool. my gosh! Well, are you guys ready to wrap this show up? Let's do it. Yeah. All right, Austin Burke, you're up, man. All right, guys, let me uh, scroll down here. Okay. Um, so I am Austin Burke at The Burkinator. You guys can search and find me on the YouTubes and stay tuned because I'm covering some movies from the Toronto International Film Festival uh, starting this week, which is super cool. Nice. We are part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more great media content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at The Creative Multiverse. If you are a creative, produce content, or have a talent, we want to see it and would like for you guys to share it with us. And please go do that, guys. That place is so much fun over there. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. Um, I am Lindsay Badger. You can find me at LR Badger anywhere on the internet, um, except for, for art. Then that's Badger Makes. <laughs> then you can, you know, all that other places. Yeah. Um, but if you wanted to follow Pop X Cast everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, all the places at Pop X Cast. And if you want to send us an email, any comments and suggestions are always welcome. Popxcast at gmail.com. And for future and past shows, make sure you go over to our official website, www.popxcast.com. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, I am Joseph Burke at aka at Joseph Burke Arts all over social media. Courts hats off to Team Pop X. Uh, and that's pretty much it for this episode of Pop X Cast. Before we go off the air, I do want to give a huge shout out, accolade, and honorable mention to one of our family members uh, who has, has moved on from Pop X. There's a lot of events going on in his life right now, but we want to send up all of our love. All of our compassion, all our likes and hearts to Mr. Mike, who used to rock the window down here in the fourth. Uh, But uh, who's to say at some point he may return back. But it's just a crazy season for him right now. And we get that, man. Life is just crazy always. But, Mike, we love you. Thank you for helping us get to where we are today. And if you're watching on the stream, man, I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks. I love you, dude. Thank you so much for all you did for us. But uh, in the chat room, show us some love. Show us some hearts for Mike, who is uh, going to no longer part of the Team Pop X family. But just show him some love and be sure to to, to let him see that. In you the, bet in the your live bottom, he's going to be watching the replays, if not the lives. You if know he gets he's a going to. to. You know. He's <laughs> going to. And with that said, we're going to be back on episode one thirty one. Be sure to hit the like and subscribe button on YouTube for when we schedule that. You'll get an immediate notification, and that when we go live. You will know about it. With all that said, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for downloading. And we'll see you next time right here on Pop X Cast. From everyone at Pop X Cast. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel and click that notification bell so you know when we go live next. Drop us an email, popxcast at gmail.com. Throw us up a like on Instagram and all those other social media outlets at popxcast. Until next time.